Hello, James here. Welcome to the James Cast. Glenn Power and I were sitting down and we were talking about wow, valves of all things. And, and you might be saying, why would we be talking about valves? How does that come up in a conversation if you're talking about pizza and transams and cup holders? Well, Glenn was sharing a story about a vehicle that came in from the We Will Fix It line and one of the valves had blown. And, but the other ones didn't. And it was kind of like, okay, well, why are we getting valve failure? And so we had a conversation about it. It's kind of fun, actually. You're going to like it. Podcast Spotlight with Glenn Power from PowerWorks Automotive right here on the James Cast. Colin had, had an interesting one. He was talking about, you know, he's, you and him are having a van talk later on. I, I yeah, understand. I've got to be there. I've been summoned. 1 p.m. <laughs> there you go. And he was talking about interesting situation. And he, he said, I, I just don't understand how it could happen with a blown compression on a third cylinder on one of the vans and he was going compression loss on a third cylinder. he goes he's going i have i wonder what was going on yeah so usually what would happen for you will always lose if it's if it's the cylinder that's if a cylinder's losing compression the the, mm. the weak point effectively in an engine is, is is the is the gasket between the head and the block okay colloquially known as the head gasket now if that fails between the cylinders, you would get low compression on two cylinders because obviously mm. there's a gap effectively between the two. But typically you'll get low compression on a cylinder and it will be because a valve has been damaged or carbon deposits have caused it to wear out and it doesn't close fully right, or okay. you'll have piston rings wearing out mm. or you've been very, very unlucky and it's it's just happened at the manufacturer that it just wasn't quite right tolerance-wise and mm. it skipped through the QC. Now, the likelihood is that most of these things are caused by, at some point, the engine operating slightly off on that cylinder. Okay. So you might have a too rich mixture due to a leaky injector, or you might have a too lean mixture because of a mm. clogged injector, or you could have a poor spark because of a damaged spark plug, or you could have... There's a lot of variables here. There's a lot of things that can happen effectively. And then obviously what happens if, if you're especially, in, and the most likely is if you've got a rich mixture, you get a lot of unburnt fuel or unefficient, you know, raw fuel effectively goes mm. and washes the oil away from the cylinder walls. Right, okay. So then the, the, the piston is is scraping at the wall really the rings which are designed to hold compression in are not lubricated mm. so they'll they'll wear away and these rings are spring-loaded anyone that's fitted a set of piston rings it's I and mean, you'll probably find a thousand videos on on youtube of doing it but they're they're bigger when they're relaxed they're far bigger than the actual bore they're sitting in so they're, mm. they're sprung so that they hold pressure on all the time so the oil has to lubricate them otherwise it will scratch okay. and as they scratch and scratch and scratch away then you'll start to get gases and, and effectively compressions can escape mm. down the side but there's also the op option of carbon deposits on the valves they can't seat properly and they don't close properly mm. um, both those things happen when you, when you have a misfire or, or, or even if it's not as even if you don't detect it as a misfire mm. it, it would be happening over time and you get that where in this case the, 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 the fan was down on power didn't quite have a full misfire. It wasn't sort of juddering and shaking. But we got low compression and it was leaking. So we can do a cylinder leakage test. So what happens there is on a compression test, you basically, you put an engage in where the spark plug goes and you try and start the engine. You take all the spark plugs out mm -hmm. and you try and start the engine 
uh, you can't stop because there's no spark plugs. But as the engine's rotating with the with the starter motor, you get pressure built up in that cylinder, and it reads on the gauge. Hmm. Now, if Can you do well, all cylinders at the same time, or do you have to do them one by do one? Do one by one. I'm sure there's probably a tool that could do it, but yeah. um, we do them one by one. Now, that's great, but we need to kind of know, ideally, where it's leaking from or losing compression. It must be leaking somewhere. So we then have a tool which is called a leakage tester, cylinder leakage tester. Now, that goes in the same way, but mm-hmm. we have two gauges on it, and we have compressed air on one side that goes through the first gauge and we can set it to whatever we want at maximum of sort of 10 bar. So we'll usually set it to about seven or eight and then the air goes into the cylinder and back to another gauge. Oh, okay. And we I see... Like a, I like your air conditioning test. Basically, pretty much. Basically, yeah. we see how much of the pressure that's gone in comes out. Okay. Comes out. And then, obviously, we have to hold the cylinder on top dead centre. So we get the cylinder to top dead centre, which means the piston's right at the top and all the valves closed. Mm. It's very, very difficult because there is always valve overlap, but there should be a point of them all being closed. And at that point, the only way to know that really, apart from on cylinder one, where you have a mark on the crankshaft, you'll use a dial test indicator, which is basically a little needle, which you can measure the travel of it. And when it stops moving, then you know you've reached the top. Mm. So we do that, and then we listen for where the li- where the air's coming out. So if the air's coming out of the exhaust pipe at the back of the car, then the exhaust valve is leaking. Mm. If it's coming out of the intake manifold, the intake manifold's leaking. So yeah. you just take the, the air filter housing yeah. off and hear it coming back. If it's take the dipstick tube out or open the oil cap in, in modern cars with no dipstick, and if it's coming out of there, then it's blowing past the piston. I, I still have issues with there being no dipstick. How is that possibly possible? If that makes sense, that sentence. <laughs> the, 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 the best one. So the best one is we had a, a Q7 in yesterday and it was 2013 a V8 one. No, 2012 V8 one. And it had a dipstick. And the technician had done the service, but it also had the electronic level. Uh-huh. And he was sat in there with it running waiting for it to get to temperature, to turn it off, to settle, to read. And we obviously went over and just pulled the dipstick out and we're like, well, you don't need to wait for that. There's a dipstick here. <laughs> just use the dipstick. And it's so quick for people to get out yeah. of this and Audi, it's got no dipstick. Yeah. Just to get out of that habit of, hang on, let's just check if there's a dipstick. Man. So I've got a question when you're checking the compression. You're talking, you've got to be listening for the air. I've been in your your shop. I've been in automotive shops all over the world. They're noisy. Yeah. <laughs> so how are you hearing this stuff? Like, does it make a whistling sound? Or? It's quite it's quite loud. I mean, you okay. can, you know, but I mean, normally just before we'll do that, we'll just me or DJ will shout, shut up. <laughs> and then everyone stops what they're doing, tools down, and then we can hear it. Okay. Um, it's only, you know, it's literally... 30 seconds. All right, you, you put the tool on, get it, set the gauge, see that you're losing it. You might double check and make sure the cylinder's in the right position and then you'll just hear it. I mean, you'll definitely, you'll, you'll, you can hear it with the work going on to be okay. fair. All right. It's, 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 I mean, we're talking, I mean, in that, that one, I think the inlet pressure we had it, Ben did it and he's old. So he did it at PSI. I think he did it at about 75 PSI out of 90 okay. so we'd lost uh, we'd lost 15 psi hmm. 
and uh, that's that's quite a, you know if you've got if you've got 15 psi left in your tire it's half half inflation you'll hear it yeah. if you press the valve and that's effectively all we're doing okay uh, how often do head gaskets go on cars like is this after you know a couple hundred thousand kilometers your head gasket probably needs to be changed that kind of thing um the, the, these days they usually only fail if something else has failed okay it's very very unusual for just a head gasket to fail for no other reason they'll mm. fail because the engine's overheated and there's been excess pressure on the coolant side mm. or there's been extra heat which has made the head and all the block these days with the composite of the block warp so right. the head gasket no longer seals so there's 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 usually something and it's usually heat related okay. you you'd be very very unlikely to see a failed head gasket if it's it's not something else that's caused yeah. it oh nice okay so that's good to know. But that's and that's the other reason, and that was something we were, Colin and I were talking about briefly, was, you know, if your car's overheating, uh, pull over. <laughs> don't keep driving yeah. saying, come on. I yeah. saw, th- actually, I saw this, and I don't know what was going on. There was a car limping to wherever it was going, and all I could think was this person's thinking, I just got to get to the garage. I got to get to my garage. I got to get to my garage. Instead of, I got to pull over and then get, you know, I spent 100 durhams with a tow truck, yeah. To, to lift my car and I don't know how much damage are they causing and so okay. pull over and I guess the same if you if you start losing you know if you start losing torque if you if you feel you know figure that car's not moving pull over yeah I mean usually these these things happen at any time but you know a lot of the time here <laughs> always pe- at the worst time yeah yeah I mean a lot of the time here people are, are even the little service roads into Alcoos where we are are three lanes. Mm. You know, you you overtake a car and as you do it, there's a big noise and no power and it's like, oh, how do I get over three lanes now? Yeah. So it's very difficult to stop safely sometimes, but you've got to. And we've we've done countless engines where they've gotten that hot that the the sensors on the engines, knock sensors on the block and things have melted. Really? And that we can't get, you know, we can't even get the crankshafts out because they've just ground themselves in. And, and seize the engine solid, you know, can't even get heads off. It's just catastrophic mm. um, failure of, of, of the engine. It's very, very easy to achieve these days. You know, the, the, <laughs> the engines aren't cast iron anymore. Yeah. I think people forget that. I think somewhere along the line, A, people just don't know what an engine's made of. Yeah. And and then you get some folks who are a little bit older and they just remember, you know, you're casting an engine block. It's well, yeah, I mean, take, a, take an example of a... We've done a head gasket recently on a uh, frog eye, Austin Healy, and that's just iron <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and then it's got a copper head gasket. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. an hour later, the, the, good the engine's disassembled and it's cleaned and, yeah. and we've we've made sure that everything's okay. And we yeah. put a new gasket on and bolted it down and then after three hours, the job's done. Yeah, that's a good old days. Really easy. I, mean, I don't say good old days, but, <laughs> but old days at least. But I mean, it's not like that now. It isn't like that. Well, I come mean, on. You could even get in the engine area of that thing. There's not a bunch of other stuff in the way and things. And it's, you know, there's the essentials are there. The cars had essentials. Yeah, it's probably harder to change the, to, it's actually harder to adjust the, the ignition timing on that car than it is to mm. strip the engine down. Yeah, there you go. Because, you know, I mean, the guys that designed it, made it that the timing marks on the bottom <laughs> and then the distributor obviously is on the top. So you've got to lay underneath with a bonnet that opens the wrong way 
impossible. It's a two-man job, therefore, yeah. to time, the, to yeah. time do the ignition timing, which is a farce. Yeah, what, like, what were they thinking? Well, they weren't. That's why they don't make them anymore. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.